Blog Talk Radio. Let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war, but there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace, and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this, but every lesson of history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement, and this is the specter our well-meaning liberal friends refuse to face, that their policy of accommodation is appeasement, and it gives no choice between peace and war only between fight or surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we have to face the final demand, the ultimatum. And what then? When Nikita Khrushchev has told his people, he knows what our answer will be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of the Cold War and someday when the time comes to deliver the final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary because by that time, we will have been weakened from within spiritually, morally, and economically. He believes this because from our side he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price, or better rev than death, or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war, because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shotters around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. Winston Churchill said the destiny of man is not measured by material compensations. When great forces are on the move in the world, we learn we're spirits, not animals. He said there's something going on in time and space and beyond time and space, which, whether we like it or not, spells duty. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of men on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The first reports say that President Kennedy has been seriously wounded by this shooting. It is a big idea, a new world order. It was almost as if it were a planned implosion. It just pancaked. Either you were with us, or you were with the terrorists. 
lot of gun owners would agree with. AK-47s belong in the hands of soldiers, not in the hands of criminals. Joseph Gibson podcasting here, understanding the times in which we live today, Greensboro, North Carolina. Hope everybody's doing all right tonight. Uh, we got a good crowd here listening and passionate through. I connected a couple other uh, social media platforms on here live, so hopefully uh, you get a good base. If you missed the uh, last week's show, uh, go back and listen to it. Uh, we had the uh, good discussion about the Patriot Network and the out there and uh, had a guest on from the Air Force Academy, 20-year vet from the Air Force, and then we had the governor from the free state of Colorado on also. Um, it was a good discussion that we had, so go back and check it out. Uh, the Patriot community, yes, we need all the Patriots out there alert and awake, and the people that are sitting on the fence today have to get involved. But tonight we're going to discuss um, basically a similar topic. Uh, I'm going to bring on a guest here, and I'm going to let him introduce himself and bring him on. I've, I've met him on social media and uh, I, I'm going to let him pretty much control the flow we want to talk about and bring the topic, and we'll let it flow from there. <clears throat> and the phone number is 657-383-0616. Press the number one to be connected to me, and I will see your number pop up on the call board. Um, my guest, uh, just press number one, the guest that I asked to come on here tonight, because I don't know your phone number, actually. <laughs> Forgot to ask you that there on social media. Press the number one. I think, uh, there he is. Okay, good. Okay, well, we had about five five other people press one, but I know which one. I see him now. All right, I'm going to patch him on through, and uh, you'll be live here connected. I'm a call center here. So uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Understanding the Times Which Live Today. And uh, introduce yourself and uh, tell me, uh, tell your story. Yeah, for sure. Well, Joseph, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the invite. And uh, my name is Gordon Rose, and I am the editor-in-chief for an independent news site called clipartistfilms.com. And, uh, you know, I got into independent journalism uh, late 2016. And, um, you know, my background is in uh, the banking sector and tech and things like that. And, you know, I used to do a lot of um, products for the credit card processing industry as far as lead generation, you know, and pretty – um, bigger uh, systems, you know, for the, some of the bigger operators in that space. And so that's my background. And, you know, I kind of got into journalism on accident through my own personal divorce case and uncovering a massive um, amount of corruption and cover-ups in the state of Arizona, Maricopa County. And so, you know, along the way, um, as I started discovering these things, I had initially hired a guy – uh, named Ramon Fernandez. He's a Hollywood filmmaker. Um, and he did a, a film uh, that was on Netflix at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, so anyways, we did a movie deal. And, and the whole mission of the movie was to expose uh, uh, fraud in the credit card processing space. I started whistleblowing and disseminating some information to the public on, you know, some things that happened in that industry. Uh, and then the other part of the mission and the, and the greater part of it was to expose, um, you know, this corruption in the Maricopa County family court system specifically. And, boy, that, that situation quickly devolved into Homeland Security chasing me around the country, uh, death threats. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah, wow. lots of interesting things. <laughs> yeah, and uh, 
And so really what happened just to, to, you know, kind of cut through a lot of the stuff in the middle is this was in 2017. And by fall of that year, the same judge I was exposing, well, there's two judges actually, went into the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office, Paul Penzone's federally co-joined task force. Okay, It's called the FATE team. And what this team is there is to hunt fugitives, you know, the murderers and you know, just rapists and, the, and the, these high, you know, the highest and most dangerous criminals on the street. Well, uh, they 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 sent that team after me because I had discovered uh, just a lot of illegal activity in the in this in the you know with this judge and some things in that in that circle. And you know, um, I ended up taping them framing me for the month before. So I have seventy plus videos that will be in a film coming out in the next year or so called Grand Canyon State of Conspiracy. And that wow, film will... Wow, uh, interesting. Awesome. Yeah. I like so that's it. I like my it. background. Yeah. Yeah, that's my background. And kind of since then, Joseph, you know, I've just, you know, kind of the, the, the type of stories I end up doing are, are typically to uncover mass-scale fraud, uh, you know, both in the banking sector and then in the political scene. And so that's kind of, there, there you go. That's what we do. What what have you what have you discovered um, so far? We'll go first with the banking sector. Um, were you covering yeah. this during the banker bailout uh, during two thousand eight? No, no, no. This is uh, it's in a it's it's in a very specific niche in the in the banking sector, which is cre- credit card processing uh, acquisition sales companies in that particular market. And how that oh, okay. differs then. Yeah, how that differs than other financial products, of course, is that you know if you if you're if you want to go sell insurance or you know some type of securities to a consumer, you know you've got to get background checked, you've got to get fingerprinted, you can't have crimes of moral turpitude in your background and those types of things. However, in the credit card processing acquisition market, it's a business to business transaction, and uh-huh. it's not really regulated, and unfortunately. The um, targets, right, of these conars, and, 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 and there's, you know, one man shows, if you will, and one woman show, uh, shows, and then there's organized teams of boiler rooms, you know, 20, 30, 40 people on the phones, and what they're doing is they're targeting small business owners with bait-and-switch okay. uh, tactics. And, and in essence, what they end up doing is stealing uh, from the most vulnerable uh, small business owner sector in the country. So. And that project's called Swiper, and I've done a lot of doorstop calls, undercover stuff, you know, and just kind of exposing that to the public. So. Okay. Now, now with, with this this judge that you were talking about, without mentioning names, how did um, sure. you know, how, how has that played out so far, and how did that be? I mean, you get touched on how it began, but how how in yeah. depth did it go? Oh boy, it was pretty adventurous. Um, so when I um, well, I'll, I guess I'll back up just a little bit in chronology. So when I when I when I hired Fernandez to make make the film initially, this was in early, well, late 2016. We did the contract and we started filming in 2017. And really, that started off as is we had located other parents. This first judge had railroaded, you know, and I'm happy to say his name because uh, my my pressure culminated in him resigning from the bench, and I'm very proud of that. So he can't hurt other children. Um, but that was a guy by the name of Judge William Brotherton of Arizona. Um, this guy was a far-left uh, activist politician in the Arizona uh, legislature for many years. And then when he went to the bench, 
publicly in, in, in interviews, he was very proud to say he wanted to bring that uh, style of, of uh, legislating to the bench, which is important in its own right. And so um, anyhow, so what I had discovered was when, um, when, when my divorce case went sideways, and like many of them do, it, they, he didn't follow the law. And, and so um, as I started exposing what was happening in my case, I quickly discovered victims in Arizona and actually all over the country. And so anyhow, we started interviewing a father, you know, started making the film. And um, not too long after the beginning of that, I went to uh, uh, London and on my way back, Homeland Security quarantines me. This is in the Dallas airport. And they go, Mr. Rose, uh, you need to, uh, you know, you're, you're coming with us. You're under, you're going to be under arrest. So we need to extradite you to Arizona. And what this William Brotherton did is he um, filed a bench warrant for my arrest specifically in retaliation from him, for him finding out I was making a film about him. Uh, shortly after that, when, and, and here's what's funny, Joseph. I'm sitting in the airport. And I go, hey, time out, you guys. I go, let me talk to your supervisor. I go, let me show you some stuff on my phone. Let me show you the film. I'm actually, I have, I have a movie contract. I'm making a movie about this guy. This, they're, they're using you, Homeland Security, uh, that's judges to, to uh, you know, violate my constitutional rights and so on and so forth. And then about a five, six-minute conversation, <laughs> Homeland Security goes, well, do you have a ticket to somewhere else other than Arizona? I says, I sure do. And they says, well, you're free to go. Shortly oh, after wow. that, the death threat started coming in. The they death didn't want no part of coming it. In. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it was pretty obvious. So, you know, the death threats came in shortly after that. I went into hiding. But to answer your question, um, you know, about seven or eight months had elapsed since that episode with Homeland Security. And um, the judge that I had exposed and was making the film about, he didn't recuse, but he did eventually rotate off the bench. Well, the judge that came in behind him on my divorce case, here's get this one, just happened to be co-trustees with this, the first judge on a $30 million nonprofit that used to be Grand Canyon University in Phoenix. So in my one and only hearing with this other judge, she asked me and prompted me to apply to quash the warrant for fiduciary buddy in a in a in a private company right outside the court system yep. you know to bury the warrant and i and i says you know i'm not going to help you guys <laughs> violate my rights so i refuse um shortly after that as i started digging into her husband's law firm i quickly discovered they were hiding in their firm and i can there are some names i can name some names i don't but the, i'll name this one okay there's a guy in their firm by the name of Edward Maldonado. Now, Edward Maldonado is about to go on trial for rape. And what I had discovered is that this guy was committing all kinds of egregious crimes in the judge's husband's law office. Now, what was that law office, Joseph? That law office is the largest contract prosecutor in Maricopa County. So you've got a sitting judge ruling on cases while that she owns 50% of his interest, right? In a prosecution oh my good. Wow. In, the, in the same county. Now, I started reporting this to mainstream media. I started exposing Edward Maldonado and all these types of things. And so in that, in that month prior to my arrest in September of 2017, the only thing they could do to, you know, to, to, to dampen my journal, journalism uh, efforts 
was to literally go into the sheriff's office and say, oh, no, Mr. Rose is stalking me, and so I've been threatened. And so what they did is they literally manufactured a threat that never happened. Now, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because I know we only have so much time, but during this period of time, another thing I had discovered was his character, Edward Malnato, was not only being protected by this, this contract prosecutor, but the exact same dude was doing government business lobbying the governor of Arizona, Doug Ducey. So what I did wow. was I had to, okay, so I called up the governor's office. I got the press secretary on the phone. This dude's name was Patrick Patak. Now, of course, anybody involved in the Grand Canyon State of Conspiracy in Arizona, any of the key players, have quit, retired, been fired. Some have been promoted. Many have been rewarded because the ultimate culmination when the people see when this film comes out is that over three phone calls with the press secretary for Doug Ducey when I was disclosing this data. By the third phone call, he literally pretends he'd never, he didn't know what I was talking about. And the reason he had to do that was it was later discovered that not only did Doug Ducey do government business with them, but they had met 18 months prior okay, to um, this incident, okay? So now now let me give you a little, another little substrate to this because I've I've looked at some of your stuff and I I know your platform a little bit and kind of what you're all about. So what most people don't know, some know, many don't, is that Doug Ducey is actually the product of a very, very entrenched and 100-year-old almost mafioso family out of Ohio called the Scott Mafia family. And the Scott wow. Mafia family, okay, the Scott Mafia family is uh, Doug Ducey's mother. Okay, the maternal side is that li- that line of mafia. Now, Doug Ducey is not Doug Ducey's real name. Okay, Doug Ducey, what the Ducey name was his stepfather. He's really a Scott from the maternal side. And there's also from his biological father named by by Roscoe. Now, we're going to get into some pretty interesting stuff. So Ducey here, as you might imagine, is a young man, a little boy. He's growing up around the mafia. Now, what, what, you know how in the mafia, everybody has their vertical markets, right? Some are in charge of gambling and loan sharking. Some are in charge of prostitution. Others get to do the bootlegging from back in the day. So really what the Scott family was in charge of there in the Midwest, or specifically in Ohio, was loan sharking and financial crimes, okay? So you can imagine growing up in that scene, if you will, how that young man, you know, not Douglas Ducey yet, Douglas Scott, Roscoe, whatever you want to call him, you know, witnessed and was groomed to. So magically, in his uh, college years, Doug Ducey shows up in Arizona. And the very first place he goes to professionally as an intern Right. Well, going to ASU is no other than Hensley Beverage Company. Now, for those that don't know, Henley Be- Hensley Beverage Company was founded by money from the Meyer Lansky crime family. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, the Lansky. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's, that's right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now, so what you do is you look years later and you see the nexus between the Scott crime family. And the Meyer, uh, the Meyer Lansky crime family. Okay, there's a guy named Kemper Marley. Now, Kemper Marley is very well known in Arizona politics from, you know, that era because he was um, fingered for ordering the assassination of a, of a very well-known journalist by the name of Don Bowles. 
Okay, and Don Bowles was car bombed because he was exposing the Arizona mafia connections to politics, right? Well, you get, guess who married the heiress to the Hensley fortune? No other than John McCain. Okay. So wow. What you've got there, what, oh, yeah. my goodness. It's amazing how you're connecting here. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So that's kind of that's, so that's kind of like the whole – that's just a rough overview. I mean, of course, with this kind of stuff, there's a lot, lot in the middle, but – this is what I've been putting my, my studying into the last five years ever since this happened. And, you know, folks that want to um, get into the granular of what I'm talking about, it's all right there on clipartistfilms.com. You can watch some uh, little vlogs I do called Handcuff Dougie that really connect his mafia background and all, everything from when he was a kid all the way up through current stuff. I mean, the guy runs Arizona like a mafioso boss. <laughs> Uh, it's it's some pretty interesting stuff. So yeah, that's so the family so, uh, court, my, so the family pers- court, so the courts. So not to interrupt you, but so the courts in Arizona. Yeah. Now th- this uh, this happening there, it's happening across the country, and Absolutely. and so wh- the courts. So basically, they're they're all related. All these people have ties, and basically, it's a good old boys club. It's a big club, and we're not in it, right? Mm-hmm. That's George Carlin said, I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Now, how is the money – now, how the, – the courts – let's just take the court, and I'm going to ask you, are you allowed to talk about the, the uh, case there that's, that where I uh, joined the group on? Elements I can. Like, can I elements I, yeah, yeah, you can ask me questions, and if it's something I can't talk about, I'll tell you. But, no, feel free. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, the, the, the cash case. Can you give us an update on that or give us something there that maybe uh, – or well, how's you know, doing? Well, you know, the cash case – yeah, the Cash Jackson case, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because a, a news story was born out of that, actually, of a, of a con man I, I, I've identified in that parental rights scene. So, you know, I guess I'll just I'll, I'll give the quick background. So I met Cash back in, uh, I believe it was 2018, uh, when he was running for governor in Illinois. And, uh, you know, like many of us alienated dads that have, have had their kids taken, you know, he... he he and I both haven't seen our kids in over three years, and you know oh my we, we were never like you know yeah, and we were never uh, you know tight bros where we call each other every day, but we always you know we met and we met in person one time, and we'd actually looked at doing a project together on a on a tour and some other things early on, and but anyway we have a, we have an affinity for each other, you know I I, I really um, believe he's an American patriot and 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 I'm very uh, I believe the work he's done and, and and the risk he's taken and the way he's exercised his First Amendment is admirable and those types of things. And and so, you know, we've kept in touch over the years. You know, he did, a, ironically enough, a podcast on my, on my platform on the Uneven. This is the name of my podcast. Um, okay. Just uh, sometime in August of this year, you know, we caught up and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just about a 45-minute podcast. And he said something real eerie at the end of that. He says, you know, the reprisals are coming. They're just going to get worse. And uh, it wasn't, you know, whatever it was, six, seven weeks later, all of a sudden, uh, you know, just a few weeks ago, I opened up uh, whatever. I just, I guess I saw a glimpse of it online, and there he is in a mugshot. Now, what's interesting about that case is, and this is just, you know, this, and I want to make a disclaimer. This isn't coming out of the cash family, the cash legal camp, or anything like that. I did jump in um, in, a, in a capacity to, uh, when he was arrested to work behind the scenes a bit, to, you know, just try and coordinate things, if you will. That's my role often on things. And, and it did bear some fruits. And thank goodness he is free and not in custody now. But, um, yep. you know, the, uh, here's the interesting thing. When, they, when I was framed in 2017, 
they used an anonymous, and I'm going to speak to what's in uh, public knowledge. They used an anonymous law enforcement official to say that I was basically threatening the judge, right? That's what they put in the press release. Well, they used the same playbook on cash because if you read the press release out of Lake County, it does not say they recorded him threatening someone. Now, you and I both know, Joseph, if they want to take a guy down with a big voice like cash and they had him on tape, that's the first thing they would put in the press release. It's, it, it would yeah. be very impactful. So if you look at how it was syndicated, and this is, this is how they do it, the media can't really jump off on something until they have the government give them the, the nugget, right? So that press right. release was specifically designed to create a gray area, this is just my opinion, um, and a hearsay, right, by some anonymous law enforcement official, just like in my situation from years back. And if you look at it, as the article started coming out, the narrative went from a patch article and I think one or two, you know, local pub location, and then I seen a Fox one. I think the third one I saw was a Fox one. And by the time it gets to the Fox one, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, I don't have in front of me, but like the DA or whatever they call that in Illinois was like, yeah, we reviewed the incident. They didn't say they heard a call, right? And so that yeah. part was very suspicious. Of course, as you know, if you this is on my on my site right now too. A very, very smart man and also a patriot by the name of James Kelly had figured out, um, observed, and studied that, well, them even trying to extradite Cash to Illinois was a Sixth Amendment violation. And so what he had done was he wrote a brief, um, Amicus Publicia, I believe is how it's pronounced, which is friend of the public, you know, and and basically says, you here's the grounds. This is unconstitutional. Illinois doesn't have jurisdiction because the alleged threats, right, took place in Arkansas over interstate wire. Um, I cold called lawyers. I know he had talked to some. Everybody's like, you're out of your mind. This is an illegal premise or whatever. And by the grace of God, man, next thing you know, that exact document is what was used to free cast Jackson with a rookie lawyer obtained, I think, 12 hours or 18 hours before the hearing. So that was a huge victory for justice, a huge victory for freedom and the Constitution. Yeah. And it just goes yeah. to show, Joseph, for all your listeners out there, a law license doesn't really mean much except that you're an intellectual. What matters is our Constitution is a self-executing document. We're the grantors and we're the trustees. Okay, and that is what makes our country special. We truly do rule the country. And just because propaganda has been created for generations to convince or gaslight the public, to keep them uneducated, to say, no, 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 this isn't how it works. You need lawyers. You don't have the money to afford the lawyers. You have to have the politicians. It's so beyond your grasp. Don't even worry about it. Just put your head down and be a good boy. Be a good girl. Well, what James Kelly proved in the cast situation recently is that indeed is not the case. So I really have a ton of respect for that, man. Now, again, you asked for updates. I believe there is a hearing tomorrow on the family court side for cast. I believe his um, pro bono lawyer, Ted Bush, on the family court side is attempting to get um, the, uh, the judge, one of the judges that, Again, alleged the threat uh, to get her recused off the case. Um, I've been a little busy this week, so I don't have a ton of detail, but I believe that's the uh, 
the next event. As of now, cash is free on uh, a $7,500 bond. They did try to put a half a million dollar bond on him out of Illinois, and the judge, uh, I believe it was Rainey of Arkansas, decided that was uh, <laughs> a little over the top, so he lowered it to seventy-five grand, kept him in Arkansas, and of course, there was much more tangible bond for him. So. That, yeah, yeah, that's that's ridiculous. It was like my case. Uh, it's a misdemeanor, and they were requesting a hundred thousand dollar bond. You know, <laughs> I mean, right, right. <laughs> insane. Right. Um, uh, yeah. But you said you mentioned you you haven't seen your kids in three years. Uh, I know that's tough yeah. for you to talk about. Can you can you just maybe expound upon that a little bit, and and maybe if, what's the future look like for that? Because obviously you love your children, and this is probably painful for you. And you know, can you just you give know, us a little it, information it, on that? Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up, Jason. Um, you know, like anybody who's had this experience is, um, you know, before I filed for divorce, I was just a dude minding my own business, you know, and raising my kids and imperfect sinner like we all are, you know. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, I, I have in – my, in my business career, I've, I've dealt a lot in the legal world um, and, and in cases and things in the civil arena. And so I was familiar with the mechanics of the law, but I had no clue, Joseph how corrupt family law really was and really what a kangaroo system it is. So I kind of went into that, my divorce, a bit naive, and some things happened um, in my divorce, which I, I don't want to get into that detail as far as sure. uh, abuse my kids endured because it's really irrelevant to, the, to your question. What, what I will say is that for the first three years, man, I, I struggled mightily. You know, I'm a, I'm a recovered drug addict. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a guy that, uh, you know, like we all do struggles and, and I've battled depression often in periods throughout my life. And so, you know, I spent that first few years of the divorce process just a mess, man. At one point, I ended up homeless and things like oh, that. Oh, my. It, it wow. was all because of the pain of not understanding how my children could get taken away from me after just being in their lives daily for 10 years and more troubling was knowing that because I went through alienation as a kid, and I know what went through my head, is knowing that every day my kids are wondering, why the hell can't I see daddy, right? So it's this duality. You're dealing with your own pain, but then you're you're the protector. Your hands are tied. You can't protect your children, right? So the pain of that lasted many years. And I'll tell you something I figured out, and this has to do with my faith in the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I, I, I came back to, you know, there's only one way I'm going to get out of this pain, and that's to dive into my relationship with God. And what turned around the pain experience, for me anyways, was getting in the Bible, studying it thoroughly again, as I did when I was a kid, and really realizing something, Joseph. And as, 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 as odd as this may, may sound, I guess, is, uh, you know, my kids are not really my kids. They're God's children. Okay? Yeah, well, and if I trust yeah. in God... I got to put them in his hands. And when I really let, when I, when I put my head around that and I spiritually let go of the pain, that's when the healing started. And that was probably in the last, I don't know, 18 months, two years. And then of course that was a gradual process as well. And so, you know, at this point it's the season's almost over. You know, my older two are, are mid teens and be adults in a couple of years. And I got a younger that's under 10 and uh, you know, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic because oftentimes if you study the science and the psychology behind alienation, it's just sometimes they don't come back to you, man. It's just the way it is. And so 
I'm prepared for, you know, I I, I expect, I'm cautiously optimistic. Let's put it that way, you know. Well, that's a good, that's a a positive outlook. I know, because trust me, I go through the same problem. And the way you described it is just exactly how I feel. And I haven't been three years now. I've only been a couple months without my Mm -hmm. uh, two boys. And exactly how you described it, it just rips you apart. And it's painful every day. You know, it, it just it tears at your gut, it, and there's something missing in your life now. Because, like you said, you were there every single day, and now you're not. And that, that that's painful. It really mm-hmm. is. But that's that's positive how you described it, and hopefully people can uh, take and learn from that. I couldn't. Have, I could. I've, I've, I've been trying to find the words to say it. So something like that to describe mm-hmm. it because it's hard to describe. It's a pain that you. It really just, is. You know, hard to talk about, and you try to bury yourself. And like you said, you probably turned to drugs, and you, you fell, you fell down, but you picked yourself back up. And, and sure, that, well, and that's, that's great. And I'm glad that's you bring that up because this, this, that's part of the, you know, that's part of the insidiousness of of the system, right? Is like, for example, in my case, you know, I was uh, a wild younger man, you know, in my twenties, and partied hard and all those things. But it was having kids. That made me get my shit together, you know, in, in my in my in my thirties, right, my late thirties, middle late thirties, and so when, you know, your kids go through a, a horrific episode of, of child abuse, okay, I'll just say that, um, and it's spun around on you, okay, uh, you know, I had a suicide attempt, a couple suicide attempts actually, drug related, really early on when the divorce happened, you know, after being a uh, uh, you know, in, in recovery for, for many, many years, you know, you, you backslide for a minute. But, but in my case, after that, you know, first few months or that season, if you will, or that episode, you know, I picked myself back up, got my shit back together. But it's that, that little time period of time where, okay, oh, now he's a, he's a drug addict. He's not safe around the kids. So what they do then is now then hammer you down with a temporary backslide, which is actually um, – reasonable right to experience something like that going through that type of trauma and so i've been back and i know a lot of men uh and women of course have that same story Uh, the thing i'll say about the gender issue in this whole thing i think that gets uh misunderstood let's put it that way okay men do get in what way a lot can you explain that in what way does it get misunderstood absolutely so men absolutely get targeted more than women does that mean that women don't experience the same thing, not at all. But it's if you got you got to take a step back and be objective, right? If you look at Title IV D&E, and you look at the incentives, right, by the federal government back to the states for child support collections, right? This is a built-in okay. money machine, okay? Historically, since the beginning of time, right? Who typically oh, yeah. is the provider? Men, right? We're men, Correct. and women have typically always been the homemaker, the caretaker, and that's you know that's just the order of the way God made things. It doesn't have to do with some quote unquote negative patriarchy or toxic masculinity. It's just the order of God's creation. It is what, whether people like it or not, it doesn't change the truth. Okay, so how does that relate to what I said about the misunderstanding? Well, if and I'll just throw a, a general statistic out. If okay. The majority of income is made by men. Uh, let's call it 70%. I think it's probably just a fair general number, right? Because as time's gone on, women are more in the workplace and things like this and careers, and et cetera. And that, and that 
that that tide has turned, so to speak, but it's still vast majority are men are the breadwinners. Well, if you have a system that's created that has built-in incentives for courts to go after the breadwinners, then by a matter of fact, men are going to be targeted more than women with uh, this abuse because they're the ones that can earn the money. So I think that gets missed a lot of times because there are, and let's talk about the flip side of that. I've run across a ton of cases and a ton of women that get it just as bad. But statistically, it affects men more simply based on the ability to pay. I mean, if you go back to even common law, right, you know, Magna Carta and all that crap from, you know, thousand plus years ago or whatever it's been. I mean, I think it might be off on my dates a little bit. But, you know, (laughs) if a dude died, if a dude got killed in battle, right, the brother's supposed to step in and take care of the family. That's so right. it's just it's always been this way, and it's just evolved into modern times. So I, I, I hope people that, that uh, can kind of break through the noise sometimes and just understand what that means. Now, that, of course, also, too, gets spun into a lot of different directions, and it causes infighting and strife. But at the end of the day, the big powers that be want us fighting with each other. They want to divide and conquer us to distract us, of course, from the eugenics plan, the, the one world government plan, which I've heard you mention here and there. And so, you know, again, whether people want to believe that's all real or not, it doesn't matter what you believe. It just matters what's true. And it all goes back to that agenda. They want to strip out what God created because they're satanically driven with their agenda. And so it all, that's to right. me, it all goes back to that. Yeah, yeah you're absolutely correct. Um, while I have you, what, the, the tool, what do you recommend? I've got, I have a lot of people that listen in the, from the Patriot community. A lot of military yeah. people listen to this podcast. They download it afterwards also. A lot of people, well, I have so many people that actually download the next day my podcast and listen, on, listen to it on the way to work, which I think is awesome. You know, uh, <laughs> so many people send me emails. I listen to you on the way to work. I actually made friends, close friends through this podcast where all over the country, I got one that listens up in New York. Uh, I talk to him every couple of weeks. Uh, he's a patriot. He, he trucks for a living and he listens every single morning on his way to work. I mean, I just think that's awesome. But what, what, what tools or what, what have you learned um, from the, the courts and this, this, uh, in the patriot community and, and the corruption you see within the court system, the judicial, judicial system, um, what, from what you have learned, what do you give uh, as advice to the people out there who know nothing and they're blindsided and they just feel like there's nowhere to turn? Like you, like you, you, know, you were trapped there and you turned to drugs, you, you, you hit bottom, but, and these people that are going to face that they're going to hit bottom you know or they're they're about got, to what, got, what advice can you I've give got, them i've got three pieces of advice you ready okay turn to god turn to god and turn to god this wow. is a spiritual yeah. battle we're going through there is only there no man or no woman or no entity organization court system attorney or piece of propaganda is going to heal you the only thing that can heal you is God, and as I choose to address him, as the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, without – I'm a firm believer in this because I've lived it and experienced it. Without having that substrate in your, in your, in your vision, you're not going to be able, in my view, to discern those next things you're asking about. Now, okay, so you get that, that first primary step out of the way. You know, Educate yourself. Read about court cases. Understand what is really going on. Study the um, who follow the money, as they always say. Look who benefits by the money. 
right? So, and so once you educate yourself, and you and you don't, and again, you don't do this by going on Google and putting in a search term, and uh, you know, going for the first three or four pages that are up there and, and thinking that's the truth. Well, that's never the truth, or oftentimes is not the truth. Where the truth lies in is finding, digging deep, finding documents, finding things that are published and put up by people that don't have an agenda. And so as you start just a body, it's just like in school, right? You can't cheat on your homework. And so once you educate yourself and have a good spiritual foundation while doing so, you'll start getting answers. Now, when you start getting answers, at least for me and my experience, that gives me a common understanding to know the, the why. And the why is that, and I'll just, I guess, I know we're probably getting close to being done here, and I'll, I'll kind of close with this, is in my view, what we're doing here, this whole existence, is God expressing himself through each and every one of us. It's like if you go read the book of Genesis, and, and, and you look at that story, and, and look, if you don't want to, um, I guess, you know, look at this from a Christianity perspective or a doctrine perspective, go look at all the other religions in the world, right? There's a common theme. There's a creation story. And, a, and the common themes are always God expressing himself and then God or that spirit, that general spirit collective, trying to sanctify itself. That's why you see throughout history and civilizations this common theme of sacrifice, right? Atonement. Yep. Now, there's atonement in some societies of sacrificing children, right? Like, like in South America that happened for many years. That, is, that, that, that template is the same. Satan comes in and just flips God's message in on a 180. So what I'm getting at is to have a little peace and solace, just understand that God doesn't cause evil necessarily. I believe that God lets the devil do things because God can't, um, exist in the future or now, really, with a cancer on him. Evil is a cancer to God. Just like how we express ourselves here, if we got a piece of cancer on our arm, we're going to remove it, we're going to get the pus out, and we're going to heal. And so I believe that there is no real panacea or, like, absolute remedy. It's just a state of our existence and just understanding what that is. And I think that is, um, and being okay with that is really where the peace of mind lies. Wow, yeah, that's that's very well put. I actually have I do uh, I have so I have a lot of pastors that call in over the years too. I've interviewed so many people on this podcast. We didn't discuss yeah how long I can have you for. Uh, if you have to go, <laughs> I, I mean uh, within the next five minutes or so, that'd be uh, I understand because uh, I didn't say hey can you come on for a thirty minutes hour. You know? <laughs> I apologize for yeah, that no, miscommunication, but you were minutes. traveling, got... so. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure, man. No, I got another five ten minutes for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, uh, with the family courts, because there's a lot of – obviously, I talk – I'm involved with the family court system right now, and I have – maybe we can talk maybe off the air. Uh, I, I've, I've got a story for you that would blow your mind, actually. This. <laughs> Believe me, it's, it's, it's something that actually can't be put on social media. But um, the family court system – uh, before I get into that next question, actually, somebody sent me a question. Actually, there was uh, something I wanted to bring up. I had a, mo- a mother on here. She, her son was murdered by the – DEA over there in Arkansas. I had interviewed mm-hmm. her in July, and throughout the court system, judicial system, have you ever have you experienced any? You said they were going. Uh, you had death threats and whatnot. Did you experience or come in contact with anybody who's been a victim in that way, where they've had a fam- lost family members or came to you say, "Hey, 
this is my story or anything like that. You know, something where along the lines of someone's been murdered because of this. Um, not firsthand. You know, I've seen a lot of cases on the periphery. Of course, the John Mast uh, yep. case, you know, that, that, that happened recently um, and things like that. You know, quite honestly, Joseph, I, I, I purposefully not gotten too deep into that activist community because of the fragmentation. As a matter of fact, my jumping in when, when cash happened was really my first time kind of getting into that side. I've more just done the journalism aspect kind of as yeah, on an yeah. island, if you will. And um, it turned into discovering that one of the uh, largest uh, uh, platforms, or at least perceived platforms in that industry, is built on a fraud, which that story is being worked right now. But so, so yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've heard and, and kind of just loosely seen some of that stuff, but no, I've never never interviewed or talked to anybody it's, that, you know, yeah, that it's fraud. Murder. It's fraud. I get a yeah. lot. I got seven questions now that just got to me. Uh, they're, they're sending me messages like crazy through the internet here, uh, on Twitter and whatnot. Um, this sure. fraud that you're exposing, you're in the process of exposing. Yeah. Uh, only a couple more minutes, uh, like you said. So can you maybe just touch a little more upon that and, uh, tell us how oh, we sure. can, I'll, uh, I'll, catch your next film too. Yeah, tell everybody how they can watch it and how they can get a hold of it too. Also, please yeah, promote it. No, no, sure. Sure, sure. So I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just come out and say it because, you know, my journalism mission statement is quite simple. It's exposing any business or government hurting we the people. That's my mission. And again, for, for your fans out there and your audience that want to, you know, check out my work, the website is clipartistfilms.com, just like it sounds. And what a clip artist is, a clip artist is just a synonym for a con man, right, or a swindler or a grifter. And so there is a podcast called dad talk today which if you go to facebook and and and, uh you know find the find the page it will show 337,000 followers on that page wow Um, anybody can do this you take a simple internet tool you know free search for traffic and if you search the url or the website dadtalktoday.com that's on the header prominently displayed on that Facebook page, you'll go back and you'll get a report for the last 30 days that with 337,000 followers, less than 350 people actually landed on the, the website associated with the Facebook page feature. Why is that? Now, for the, well, because it's fake. And ah, so okay, okay. So, right? all right, there we right? go. Because <laughs> people are like, huh, huh? <laughs> So not only that, the John Mast documentary, which you can go to the guy's YouTube page, it's run by a dude named Eric Carroll, there is in the last four weeks 1.6 million views on a documentary he made about this man that was murdered, right? He was killed by his uh, ex-father-in-law. I started, you know, I'm not a social media expert, but I've exposed social media fraud before. Um, I did a uh, on the site, you folks can go under the Swiper Project. You'll see Wells Fargo investigation. So earlier this year, I exposed a $4 billion a year credit card processing arm of Wells Fargo that was ripping off small businesses so bad they had to create fake social media pages to push down all the bad reviews coming up, you know. So I have some experience wow. with this. So I started digging, and I will disclaim, full disclosure, I have a personal issue with Eric Carroll because 
when my buddy Cash got arrested, perceived he had so many followers, and I did a couple of vlogs asking him publicly, hey, man, do a fundraiser for Cash, and he completely ignored it. And I couldn't figure out, why are you just ignoring this? You're supposed to be yeah. part of this community. Well, we figured out that uh, <laughs> this house of cards would have fallen. He couldn't raise as much money as he should have been able to raise with that many followers. So the point is, I brought, right. a social media expert. Yeah. I brought in a social media expert, a subject matter expert, who is one of the more prominent um, conservative-leading social media experts. She's actually on staff for a, a podcast, which I won't name right now, that many people in the Patriot movement would, would know. And so I, I went to her, and I says, hey, you know, am I seeing things here? Or can I get your expert opinion? And in short order, she, you know, gave me some stats, and sure enough, we figured out, like, the whole thing's a, a fugazi, a fake, you know. And so mm-hmm. what I'm getting at is as I started disseminating this information – to the Cash Jackson, uh, you know, Freedom page on Facebook, it's a private group for you know Cash's supporters, his intimate friends and family. Um, I got so ostracized and attacked, saying, "Oh, this can't be true." No I way. Saw that. You know, I cogn- saw that. I saw that. Yes, it's a cognitive dissonance. So, you know, my my whole point is that you know I don't do what I do to be liked. Uh, I, I it's it, it, you know I've stayed behind the scenes in a way for a lot of the years. I just kind of like to do the work. You know, I've done a lot of work on the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Um, people will see a bunch of fraud I exposed on that um, that will be made public in the in the next week or so. Uh, my film company's a plaintiff in, in a lawsuit involved with that, actually, um, and things like that. And so what, what, what I'm getting at is th- this deal with Dad Talk Today, I believe, is so egregious because what this organization is doing is targeting a community of very emotionally vulnerable people, yeah. guys like me and you. Okay? Yeah. It hurts. It hurts not to see your kids. And for you to give hope right. for gain to a whole community based on a complete lie and a fraud. And here's the other thing. I've had people actually message me and go, well, it's okay. He's advertising the I Stand With John film. He's promoting the stuff. He's meeting celebrities. He's doing, And that's fine. Okay, fine. Internet advertising, that's great. Be a good marketer, right? They got pay per click, you got banner ads, you got all kinds of ways to promote. But what this man yeah. has done and this organization has done is he's gone to the public and pretended that this whole thing has been organic growth while dishonoring the memory of a dead man. I can't think of much, many more things more abhorrent. And, and, and it's so cult like yeah. that he's got these people even just like, Okay with it, and I'm not okay with that, Joseph. So. Yeah, no, neither am I. Uh, you know what? Because you're you appear to be. Uh, for, so there's always a re- th- reason why certain things happen. There's always a reason for this and this and that. And there's a reason why you and I are having a conversation right now because we 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 think similar and alike. You stand for something that that I I stand for also. Look, stand for the truth. Nothing you know. The ends never justify the means. You know, say what you mean, mean what you say. And stand by what, right. who you are and what you are and what you believe right. in, you know. And, and if you can't do that, then you can live any way you want, but don't portray yourself as being something that you're not and then taking advantage of something or, like, for instance, a man that has passed away, you know, his name, or anyone else out there who's suffering. These dads out there are suffering, and it's, and it's not mm-hmm. fair to take advantage or play on their emotions because it's an emotional roller coaster. There's dads that commit suicide, dads that have lost their children forever. And and, yeah, yeah, it's sad. It really is. Well, uh, I'll give you the closing thoughts tonight. Uh, I mean, I'd love to have you back when your movie comes out. 
uh, I'd like to have you back, and then we can uh, bolster it and promote it as much as possible on my platforms. I would love to do that for you, um, and yeah, I will definitely, sure, uh, and, you, know, maybe, you know, promote this interview. But so, closing thoughts tonight. Yeah, yeah, no, I know you've been trying to get me on for a couple of weeks. I've been so busy, and I appreciate your patience with me. And you know, maybe uh, you can have me back on uh, some of the stuff that's going to break on the Kyle Rittenhouse case that I'm involved in. It'll be pretty interesting data, and so you know, I'll be happy to come on maybe when I got a little more. What more time and spends more time with you, but yeah, you know my closing yeah, thoughts great. is just um yeah no my closing thoughts would be just um you know anybody listening to this that is uh you know well first off you, you know a lot of patriots to say listen to you military uh, personnel and things like that and you know I guess the the thing and the thought I leave everybody with is you know it doesn't matter our background it doesn't matter where we come from whether we're a high school dropout or got a master's degree ethnicity, religion, and none of that matters. All that matters is that every single one of us knows that we're all individual stakeholders in this country, all of us. That's the most beautiful thing about our country, and that if you want to get involved and make a difference, you can do that on the granular at any, in any given time. It doesn't mean you have to go do a big podcast or be a journalism thing or whatever. You can just do that simply by sharing truth with other people. And there's a butterfly effect that happens off of that, right? There's a leverage that happens off of that. And if you can just affect a couple people with truth every day, infect people with truth every day because you know the truth, that's a pretty powerful thing to pass on. Wow. That was that was pretty deep. I like that. Well, I want to let you know right here live on this podcast, uh, the link to the show I sent you, you have my permission to promote it on anywhere you, you know, your interview, uh, anywhere uh, you choose to, to uh uh, you have my permission, so uh, by all means, uh, you know, because you've said some very powerful things here tonight, and it was a great interview, and I do appreciate you taking the time from your busy schedule to, uh, you know, join me here on my show, and yeah, that'd be great, man. Anytime, reach out to me. I'd love to have you back, with, and uh, when you have more time, that'd be awesome. It'd be really, really you're, great. Uh, you're, I appreciate you're, it. You're East Coast. Yes. Oh, for sure. Likewise, man. And you're East Coast guy, huh? Yes, that's well, correct. Yeah. I'm in Greensboro, North Carolina. Ah, North Carolina. Okay, well, maybe uh, we'll get an opportunity to have lunch or something in the next couple months. I'll be over that way soon. So that'd be aw- that'd be awesome. That'd be great. Um, I tell you what, a lot of people say that to me, and uh, but you know what? It never happens. They're always well. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to be making well, maybe, it up. <laughs> hey man, I'll tell you what. If I show up though, man, you're buying, dude. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> I'll tell you, deal. Deal. You got it. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Hey, thanks Chris. for joining me tonight. Everybody, Gordon Rose, uh, great interview tonight. Thanks, much. Thanks, brother. And be safe out there. God bless the Republic. Keep doing what you're doing. Take care. Thank you. You too, Joseph. Yep. George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Samuel Adams, First Chief Justice John Jay. Names synonymous with the spirit of our country. Founding fathers of the USA. Over 200 years ago, they shook off the chains of tyranny from Great Britain by divine call. Citing 27 biblical violations, they wrote the Declaration of Independence with liberty and justice for all. But something happened since Jefferson called the Bible the cornerstone for American liberty, then put it in our schools as a light. Or since give me liberty or give me death, Patrick Henry said, our country was founded on the gospel of Jesus Christ. We eliminated God from the equation of American life thus eliminating the reason this nation first began. From beyond the grave, I hear the voices of our founding fathers plead. You need God in America again. 
Of the 55 men who formed the Constitution, 52 were active members of their church. Founding fathers like Noah Webster, who wrote the first dictionary, could literally quote the Bible chapter and verse. James Madison said, We've staked our future and our ability to follow the Ten Commandments with all our heart. These men believed you couldn't even call yourself an American if you subvert the Word of God. In his farewell address, Washington said, You can't have national morality apart from religious principle, and it's true. Because right now we have nearly 150,000 kids carrying guns to these war zones we call public schools. In the 40s and 50s, student problems were chewing gum and talking. In the 90s, rape and murder are the trend. The only way this nation can even hope to last this decade is put God in America again. The only hope for America is Jesus. The only hope for our country No weapons of mass destruction were found. Are you kidding me? Do you buy that? There Do- were, there were, there were. I was five and he was six. We rode on horses made of sticks. He wore black and I wore white. Come on, let us shoot. Claire. Hey, uh, I need to get the rat, the brass to drop rats. I got a wounded girl. We need to take the rest of mine. Oh, it's their fault for bringing their kids to a battle. That's right. The main reason we went into Iraq at the time was we thought he had weapons of mass destruction. It turns out he didn't, but he had the capacity to make weapons of mass destruction. But I also talked about the human suffering in Iraq. Hello, boys and girls. I have a special message for you from the President of the United States. I salute the boys and girls who are buying United States savings stamps and bonds, and they're giving important support to the cause of freedom and the men who fight for us in Vietnam. Congress gave us this authority in August 1964 to do whatever may be necessary. That's pretty far-reaching. That's the sky's the limit. As an American citizen, you... All right, everybody, Joseph Gibson, podcasting here, understanding the time, so she lived today. Uh, 657-383-0616 is the phone number. Uh, I know I had a bunch of people there that wanted to jump in there, but uh, I, yeah, it was a one-on-one interview, and, uh, you know, I, we didn't go over any of that, so I apologize for that. But, you know, he, he has so much information to share, and uh, I'm sure he has so much to tell. I mean, uh, inspirational, uh, uh, his testimony. And uh, it's, it's important to get that out there and, you know, to take time from your busy life to uh, join someone on their podcast and talk about themselves, actually, and their work and what they do is pretty admirable. Um, so that's important. So if you missed it, go back and listen to it uh, or save it and download it. And those of you that listen tomorrow, uh, listen to it. And uh, it's important. And that would be great in the future, uh, maybe some breaking stories, uh, so many contacts I've made over the years, uh, you know, the people that I've met. And uh, through this podcast and through others, uh, you know, it's, it's it's great. It's great to uh, be a voice out there for a lot of people, you know. Uh, I remember one time going into a Zoom conference. I was invited into one, and everybody in there knew me. They were like, hey, well, we appreciate everything you do. So, you know, I didn't know them, <laughs> but they knew me. So, but, uh, hey, 
it's good to it's good uh, it's good to know you're doing the right thing, and that's what's important. And uh, Gordon obviously is doing the right thing, and uh, so there's a lot of people out there like him that are trying to do the right thing. So that's the important message that I would get from the interview uh, we did. So back in a couple minutes here, uh, understanding the times in which you live today. BlogTalkRadio.com forward slash Joseph Gibson. Of government, 
we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. We must never let the weight of this combination endanger our liberties or democratic processes. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence, on infiltration instead of invasion, on subversion instead of elections, on intimidation instead of free choice. It is a system which has conscripted vast human and material resources into the building of a tightly knit, highly efficient machine that combines military, diplomatic, intelligence, economic, scientific, and political operations. Its preparations are concealed, not published. Its mistakes are buried, not headlined. Its dissenters are silenced, not praised. No expenditure is questioned, no secret is revealed. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go, and by what route, and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our constitution is a document in which we the people tell the government what it is allowed to do. We the people are free. And I hope we have once again reminded people that man is not free unless government is limited. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a loss as government expands, liberty contracts. The odds are great, the odds are difficult. People have underestimated the number of people in this country that are interested in a freedom message. Just being free, free of the government. of the past century is deeply flawed and has not served our national security interests. What if we look one day and realize that the terrorist threat is a predictable consequence of our meddling in the affairs of others? It has nothing to do with us being free and prosperous. What if it's propping up repressive regimes in the Middle East in dangers you know, directed toward us? What if someday it dawns on us that losing
What if we finally see that wartime conditions always undermine personal liberty? What if conservatives who preach small government wake up and realize that our interventionist foreign policy provides the greatest incentive to expand the government? What if conservatives understood once again that their only logical position is to reject military intervention and managing an empire throughout the world? What if the American people woke up and understood that the official reasons for going to war are almost always based on lies and promoted by war propaganda in order to serve special interests. What if we as a nation came to realize that the quest for empire eventually destroys all great nations? What if Obama has no intention of leaving Iraq? What if a military draft is being planned for for the war that will spread if our foreign policy is not changed? What if the American people learn the truth? that our policy has nothing to do with national security, that it never changes from one administration to the next. What if war and preparation for war is a racket serving the special interests? What if President Obama is completely wrong about Afghanistan and turns out worse in Iraq and Vietnam put together? What if Christianity actually teaches peace and not prevented wars of aggression? What if diplomacy is found to be superior to bombs and bribes in protecting America? What happens if my concerns are completely unfounded? Nothing. But what happens if my concerns are justified and ignored? Nothing good. And I yield back to my time. Joseph Gibson podcasting here, understanding the times in which we live today. Uh, we had a great podcast here tonight, great podcast if you missed it. Uh, we had uh, Gordon Rose, filmmaker, on the show here. We did an interview for about 35 minutes with him. Uh, he's Go uh, go check him out. Check him out, Gordon Rose. Uh, it was a great interview. Uh, him ex- exposes a lot of corruption and, uh, you know, <laughs> Tell you what, he, that's that. Really, he uh, didn't give himself enough credit uh, for somebody who's uh, out there doing what he's doing. So, if you missed that interview with Gordon Rose, filmmaker, uh, go check it out. Uh, he's got a great movie coming up that's going to be coming out soon, and uh, we'll certainly promote it on this podcast. But understanding the times we live today, we've got a little bit of time here left. So, anybody wants to check in here tonight, and uh, uh, you can. I know during the interview we had a few that wanted to get in, but like I said, uh, it was a one-on-one interview. And that's basically how the platform is going to be pretty much uh, going, you know, in the beginning phases because, you know, it's uh, one-on-one interviews, interviews with uh, people. Uh, I think that's more or less we'll get more, more of the, the information out that we need to get out and uh, to uh, understand the times in which we live today. So, uh, yeah, great show, great, great show tonight. Uh, I love doing the, uh, the uh, interviews uh, with people and talking to people one-on-one. Um Let's see, what do we got here? Somebody just sent me a message. Oh, uh, facing, oh, countdown, 8.30 p.m. tonight, uh, Facing and Saving Fatherhood discusses collaborating through um, FanPAC, uh, NewJersey.org, uh, to get shared parenting legislation passed. 
uh, host host the very left left. Uh, I can't pronounce his last name. The New Perspective uh, show. So uh, I'll be on Roku TV. Um, so a uh, shared parenting discussion on NGTV channel RVN TV YouTube. So check that out. Somebody just sent me a message there. So I figured I'd give that announcement on here. So, uh, but uh, yeah, six five seven three eight three zero six one six. Press the number one if you got anything you want to share uh, tonight. Here we'll be getting ready to wrap it up here soon. Um, let me see. Let me check the phone boards here. I didn't even check them. I give them, give them a number out here. I didn't even check the phone boards. <laughs> I know. Like I said, I lost a few earlier. Where the heck is the link here? There it is. All right. Uh, no, nobody wants to call in here tonight. Nobody wants to press one, huh? Yeah, they want to do it during my interview. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see here. All right. I guess we'll start getting ready to wrap it up. Uh, but nobody wants to jump in here and comment. That's fine. Um, let's see here. Go back to... Uh, Let's see. I actually got a news story here. Actually, I was supposed to put up here too. So let me go to that real quick. Um, I know with the elections there, everybody was because uh, the Republicans big uh, big uh, win there, huh? In Virginia, the Republicans. I guess that gun rally there that uh, that they did uh, about a year and a half ago there. That uh, kind of I don't think that governor there he was he was on his way out anyway. Um, so they had to give the Republicans a win because otherwise it would have been. Just like blatant in your face that yeah, there was election fraud, continued election fraud, fraud going on. But school blocks parents from attending vaccine drive for five-year-old students. How about that, huh? Vaccine drive. They're going to be shooting up your kids with this, uh, you know, with a weapon, bio weapon, and there's nothing you can do about it. You will obey. You will obey. Uh, uh, the letter. The school school says that they're scheduling two different vaccine clinics as the FDA was poised to. Prove the experimental jab for youngsters. Uh, I'm in preparation for our FDA approval for COVID-19 vaccinations for our children ages 5 through 11. Uh, uh, is planning to hold a student-only COVID-19 vaccination clinic, the letter reads. Tentatively, the vaccination clinic will be on November 10th and December 1st, as the Pfizer vaccine requires two doses. The clinic will take place on campus during the school day. The letter states, before adding, parents will not be allowed on campus during the clinic. Instead, the school says staff will be on hand to comfort and monitor your child. The outrageous letter caused a stir online, with one person commenting on Facebook, Wow, as a teacher of 20 years, I have never heard of such a thing. Does, uh, doesn't this seem, doesn't seem legal. <laughs> Lady, nothing, you don't know what legal is, and it's not lawful either. Uh, the school's student-only vaccine drive comes as San Francisco became the first city in the, in the world to mandate COVID injections for children, with the city's vaccine passport system now being equally applied to children ages 5 to 11 and required to enter restaurants and other venues. That means your 5-year-old has to show a passport. A passport, yeah, to get into a restaurant. You want to go out to dinner with your kids? Well, for adults, definitely going to need them. You want to bring your kids someplace? You better have his vaccine. You better have it. The move is similar to one made in New South Wales, Australia, earlier this year. I told you, Australia, whatever happens out there comes this way, where the city health department bizarrely called on children to attend a massive vaccine drive without parental supervision. Maybe mom and dad can drop you. Uh, Your mom or dad or one of your family drop you. Make sure they stay outside the arena because we don't want too many people obviously milling around inside the arena, said New South Wales Minister for Health and Medical Research, Brad Hazard. 
make some arrangements for after you've got your access to the golden opportunity at the, of the vaccination to wait outside for you. How about that, folks? And what you are required to do, um, but what you are required to do is just keep safe, basically. Get along to the QS Bank Arena. You can get there by your own car or by public transport. And maybe mum and dad can drop you. If mum or dad or one of your family drop you, make sure they stay outside the arena because we don't want too many people uh, obviously uh, milling around inside the arena. Make some arrangements for after you've got your uh, your access to that golden opportunity of the vaccination to wait outside for you. And uh, to mums and dads, I just want to say, and to, and to uh, the younger people themselves, that if you uh, if you need to make a call because uh, perhaps there's uh, an issue that you're not quite certain about, or that the uh, the email that comes out to you, you still got questions, then you can ring one eight hundred nine double two. Double eight six. I'll just repeat that number: one eight hundred nine double two double eight six. So this is your big chance to really go for gold and to start next week. Um, you're getting an opportunity that so many others haven't yet managed to achieve, and it's there for you, and it's there for you to really light up your future um, by having your uh, safety and security looked after so you can sit your exams come October. I want to stress that uh, to the mums and dads, your children will be well looked after inside when they arrive. They'll be literally ushered. We'll have uh, nurses, we'll have uh, some of the youth command, we'll have uh, some of the young, young police from the, uh, uh, the various uh, operations within police there just to guide them through um, as to where they go. They'll be looked after every moment inside the, uh, the stadium and uh, they'll be well cared for. So mums and dads feel secure. We've got about 24,000 students we're aiming to get through next week. Uh, the messages will come out this week and the opportunity is there that really you've got to take it, grasp it with both hands. Um, I know uh, if you talk to any of our Olympians, I'll tell you, you've just got a grasp opportunity, and this is an opportunity, so don't waste it. Yeah, that's, that's too, too you know what, pal? You can go to hell. That's what you can do. Here you have someone who last year, who is the person that comes in to make sure these tests are being done in a scientific, accurate way, See that it's not being done at all in that way, finds out the problem is systemic and systematic, reports it to the FDA, and what happens? She is summarily fired, right out of the gate, just fired. And the FDA does no uh, uh, publicly known investigation. So it's deeply disturbing. If this kind of behavior was happening right in the open for someone to witness like she did, then that means we can have no confidence at all, no trust at all in any of the clinical testing that went on on this COVID vaccine, cannot trust any of the data, any of the information. It's the biggest whistleblower in the vaccine context in the history of vaccines. The studies aren't worth the paper they're printed on. The studies are a joke. The studies are a disgrace. That's what this whistleblower confirms from right inside the critical level, clinical stage testing. There's no reliable data. They falsify data. They fabricated data. They uh, just perjured themselves left and right to cover up the fact there is no basis to determine that there's any safety or any efficacy in any of these vaccines, least of all for minor children. And not only that, I mean, they, they, the FDA ignored data, which was a, uh, a violation of their ethical and legal standards. They ignored the uh, various contrarian information presented by a wide range of even governmental authorities, including the U.K. as it relates to children. They ignored a wide – and they didn't even articulate what their standard was. They failed to articulate what is the standard for measuring the safety or efficacy of this vaccine. What is the standard for measuring the safety or efficacy as it relates to 
uh, the virus and, and how dangerous the virus may be to this population group, which is to say it is less, less dangerous. This uh, virus, COVID-19, including the variants, are less dangerous to children than the flu is. It comes at the end of October every year and only runs for two weeks. All right, everybody. Yeah, uh, so your kids also in San Francisco is going to be running the program. You know, your kids will be vaccinated. I can only imagine what they're doing in the schools. You know, the school nurse said, they're, okay, children, you're, the class 2A is now up next. Single file, boys and girls on one side. Yeah, uh, here we go. And uh, uh, LBGTQ on one side over here. And uh, oh, that's right. We got to mix everybody together. That'd be discrimination. All right. And uh, all right. And uh, the gay, the gay five-year-olds and the lesbian five-year-olds. Okay. Yeah. All right. Vaccine. They're gonna line them all up there. You know, because everybody's you know got to be identified as a certain uh, whatever they want to be identified as. Little Jill, what are you identified as today? Today, I want to be gay. Well, you can't be. You're really a lesbian, right? No, I want to be gay today. Don't discriminate against me. All right, so that's what it's all about today, and uh, because we don't want to offend anybody. And they got the New World Order thugs that will uh, grab you and uh, slam you to the ground and throw you in a concrete box, okay, if you don't obey. So your children will be forcibly inoculated. And look, we don't know the effects that uh, that this is going to have, but we know their adverse effects are bad. I mean, the, the people are – listen – I had on this podcast already two, two important interviews. I interviewed the health department out in California. They did not know we were doing a live interview. Okay, they did not know. This guy exposed everything. I mean, he told everything about this, the ID passports that they're coming out with, the vaccine, how they magnify it, and the fraud that it is, okay, the testing, how it's a fraud, okay, and then we had on someone from the Air Force Academy, 20-year vet, come on here, and the numbers of people that have died from this vaccine are astronomical, astronomical, okay? So we know, I know, people that listen to this podcast, we know that this thing is dangerous. And you heard testimony last night from callers that say, hey, I'm not taking it. I don't give a damn about my job. I can always get another job. I can't get another life. And that's right. And you can't get freedom back once it's gone, okay? You have to fight for it. You have to fight for it. Once you lose your freedom, you have to fight for it. So it's your choice. And I don't want to hear, well, I got the vaccine. I feel fine, you know? You know, and I don't want to hear that because that's, that, that, you know, you don't. Because especially two or three years down the road, you know what, the, you're, a, man, it's going to happen. And they're going to – and three years from now, how many people can remember what they were doing three years ago or how they felt, okay? So, yeah, I mean, you know, how many people can really remember, you know, you know, every single detail of your life and what was going on three years ago? Think back. Now, pick three years from now, you start getting sick. You don't know why you're sick, uh, you know, and all of a sudden, what happens? They'll, of course, put some propaganda out. There's a new virus, or there's something going on, or the water in the community was got toxic, or there was a terror attack that poisoned the water supply. We found out, yeah, we got 12 suspects in custody right now. These innocent people that didn't do nothing, you know, they just went to the wrong place at the wrong time. They snatch them up, frame them, and they're a public. You know, they'll probably say they're from, uh, let's see, uh, probably Iran or China or someplace like that. You know, they they came over here like they did 9/11, and. Uh, They'll frame them and throw them in jail, and everybody, you know. But meanwhile, two million people are dead in America. Okay, 
and it's all really from the vaccine. Okay, but we don't. But of course, three years later, we're not thinking about that. You know, we're, we're because everybody lives these busy lives. We can't remember nothing. We're too busy driving to work in our metal coffins at ninety miles an hour because we got to get there because we're fifteen minutes late. Okay, so and we don't care who will run over on the way, but we got to get there. You know, or smash into anybody. I mean, you see it every day on the highways. So uh, this is this is uh, this is how. I mean, come on, man, wake up, wake the hell up, knock it off. It's not worth it. You come at me with a needle, that's a weapon, and I will defend myself, okay? And trust me, and people don't know me, all right? I was just locked up for 12 days. Let me tell you something, I fought every single day I was in there. They had to chain me down, all right? So I'm not going to put up with it. My freedom, I, you, you, do not, you do not take away my freedom. You do not restrict my liberty. No way, I've done, unless I've done something to hurt somebody else, and I have not. Okay, I don't care about your codes and your statues and your uniform, your UCC and all law and all that nonsense. Okay, because the Constitution does not have any of that crap in it. And I'm talking about the original Constitution. All right, and we need to start restoring our republic and doing it lawfully. The law is still there, but we need numbers. We need numbers of people to come together. We need 30,000 people in every single state. Okay. If you want more information on it and how you could become involved and how you could take part in restoring our republic, okay, there's, there's places you can go on the Internet. Pick up your dumb phone. Instead of looking at fraud book okay, and Twitter, go to these places, restorertherepublicoftheunitedstates.org. Check it out okay, and, and, and learn about the lawful remedy and learn your true history. Learn your true history. Okay, you can also go to mypatriotsnetwork.com. Learn, okay, link up with patriots there from around the country, and and learn how to stand with the sheriff around this country, the constitutional sheriffs, that not the sellouts, not the dirtbag sellouts, all right, that need to be arrested. Okay, you know, the constitutional sheriffs that are obeying, like Sheriff Mack. Okay. And, and 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 learn how to get together and network peacefully and the smart way so these people can't set you up so you're not one of the victims and in the wrong place at the wrong time. Okay? Understand how and what, where, and when, and why. And understand the times in which we are living in today. And it's time. There's no more we can wait. There's no more let's wait. It was like that last year and the year before that too. And Trump's not our savior, all right? If Trump gets reelected in 2024, he's not going to magically restore everything overnight. It takes us, we the people, to become involved. We need to become involved in our local communities, okay, and form our assemblies peacefully, town hall meetings. Contact your sheriff. Vet your sheriff. Send him a questionnaire. You can go to Sheriff Max's website. Download the forms. Send, send the questionnaire to your sheriff. Have him answer. Don't want to answer? Show up there with 20, 30 people protesting. It's your First Amendment right. Bring your grievances to the government. Start with your local government. We have to start that way. The time is now. We must restore our republic. It's where the, where the only we're the last place here on planet Earth that has freedom. Okay, we still have our freedom. We still have a, a tool 
an important tool in the tool bag we can use, and it's called the Constitution. And the, and the remedy is there within the law. You cannot confuse the jurisdictions. You cannot confuse the de facto with the de jure. You cannot do that because you will never. You cannot. You cannot operate inside the de facto judicial system. You cannot. They will shoot you down if they don't kill you with the law. They will beat you down with procedure, and they will get you. They will tie you up. They will bind you up. They will have you walking around in circles. They will break you financially. They will destroy your family. They will come after you. You will not get justice. You will not see justice. I can guarantee you. I had a trial yesterday, okay, where I was railroaded so bad you wouldn't – let me tell you something. There was the, They got their own rules and procedures. I even know their rules and procedures, and you tried to use them back at them, and you will not win because the judge will overrule you, okay? They don't obey their own rules. The rule is right here, Rule 803 for evidence. You cannot admit that into evidence. You cannot admit that into evidence. The rule states it. Nope, nope, nope. No. It, it doesn't matter. They don't conform. They don't obey their own rules, and that's how it's designed. The codification of the laws is designed that way. You just heard the interview I just did earlier, if you were listening, Okay. The network and 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 Maricopa uh, County in uh, uh, Arizona, the the the, uh, and, uh, 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 the corruption, the Arizona courts. Okay, the corruption, how they're all related and and married into each other, and 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 and, and the same money finances the politicians out there. You heard it. And that is that is the problem we're facing right now. If you are an outsider, they will not let you in. You have, okay, and if they let you in, then probably a door was uh, opened up because it, the hinges were taken off temporarily, okay, or the or the or the, uh, the locks were greased, it, but meaning that there was corruption. That means somebody took a deal and they got paid off, or to shut up, or get in and then shut up, one or the other. All right, unless you have so much force and you and you surprise them, but man, they've got every angle under control right now. Everything is figured out. It's been analyzed. The technology has figured everything out. You cannot beat beat it. You cannot get around it. You go into a grocery store. Just use a tiny example off the top, off the wall here. You know, every single product in that aisle. There's no sale. This is on sale, or or four ply to two ply, and the cost is cheaper, one dollar. It's all figured out. The cost is the same. Okay, you're still paying the same amount when you walk out the door. It's a hoodwink. It's a trick. Bait and switch. Deceptive sales practices. Everything's figured out. It's the same way in your government. Deceptive. Deception. All right? And and a lot of you who are on this podcast listening right now, you already know. But what are we going to do about it? Some people like to get out there and get in people's faces and start yelling. Some people like to do it behind the scenes. Some people are paper pushers. Some people are networking on social media. Everyone takes their part and does their thing. That's great. And that's how it really has to be done in different facets and factors and ways on how to beat this evil, tyrannical way, this evil that's out there that's controlling the minds and, and the people's life. Without There are people guiding your life, and you don't even know it. And they are. We have to wake up and understand the times in which we live today. And you can call me crazy. You can call me whatever. You can say I'm not. And you can attack my character. And you can attack my history. 
and you can pick me apart, and you can call me names. You can do whatever you want to do, all right? Because it doesn't matter because I know I'm right. And when you know you're right, you can't lose, all right? So just remember that. When you know you're right, you can't lose. And when you know you're doing the right thing. So stand up and start becoming involved. And I just told you how to get involved and who to contact. Try calling your de facto government. Try calling the Justice Department in Washington, D.C. and see what you get. We've done it on this podcast live. We've called everything. Walmart, Amazon, Spectrum, Cox Cable, the uh, Senator. We called the, uh, what's her vice president name there, C- Camel Toe there, Kamala Harris. We called her when she was a senator. Got to talk to their office, remember, a couple years ago? Called Swadwell. Remember Swadwell? Whatever happened to him? Remember he was all over the news there. Dating a spy or something, Chinese spy. Whatever happened to him? Shh, go away, quiet. Not, 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 not the narrative for today. Not the narrative. You know, he's part of the big club that we're not in. It's the same big club that they beat you over the head with to make you believe. All right, the dream, the American dream. Yeah, you have to be asleep to believe that it's true because it's not real. But we can make it real if we come together and join together and start networking. Put the damn dumb phones down. Turn off the dumb bowl, the football, and watch men run around in tights in your entertainment. And knock it off, the gladiator games that were foretold that would take place years ago. hundred years ago, they were predicting, we're going to have full-grown men playing kids' sports in arenas. And we're going to have them packed with spectators. People will be on their day off from work, and they will be watching men run around and play games. Yeah, this was talked about over a hundred years ago. They didn't have all this stuff back, you know, when this country was founded. But there were evil people out there. That had this stuff planned. It's all out there. The history books are still there. They haven't burnt them up yet or deleted them off the Internet yet. But they do try to control what you see and what you hear. They do. It's obvious. It's self-evident. I was on the next door app today. Somebody put up there. Uh, some guy was running down the street uh, uh, with, a, with a back. A white, oh, that was, it was titled white, white Male Running Down the Street. It made me so scared, the person said. I called the sheriff. Does anyone have any information on it? The guy was jogging probably down the street. Or his car broke down or something, I put. I said, why you? I said, I said well, don't lock your doors and start peeking out the windows. So what? Why don't you open the door and ask him if he needs some help? Call the sheriff. Come on. You're a bunch of idiots. These are the people in my neighborhood. You know? Oh, and they attack me all the time on there. Ah, you're nuts. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. You know? This guy's lawn is three inches taller than mine. Call the, call the code enforcement. You know, ratting on each other. Neighborhood. Neighborhood people ratting on each other. Call the code enforcement. He's got electricity in his shed building out there. He needs a permit for that. Call the code enforcement. Get him in trouble. <laughs> You know, they get off on that. You know, you like that? You know, they sick people, man. Sick. You want to hurt somebody else. People get off on hurting other people, making their life miserable. What kind of sick people are like that? What kind of, what kind of sickos are you? You know? Just mind your business. Live your life. People you want. I told I put on there. I put on the next door app. I said, yeah, I said hey, hey. Instead of peeking out the window, looking out the windows, I can tell you where you can find a lot of criminals. 
You know, they're running around in operation every day. They're very easy to spot. Go to your courthouse, okay, there's a lot of them there, all right, and most of them are wearing suit and ties, and then go to your bank, local bank. There are a lot of crimes going on there if you want to watch criminals, huh? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you the reaction I got to that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I put that stuff up there. I don't care, you know. But, uh, all right, 657-383-0616. All right, last time, last round here. Let me make the call here. Press 1 if you want to chip in here tonight. Make some comments there. Getting a lot of messages on social media, private message. People want to talk to me. But, uh, you know, I, I, I got some strange characters on social media. I don't know who some of these people are. They got fake pictures up. Don't know who they are. They changed their name 18 times, these code names. I don't know who this person is messaging me, you know. I just, uh, yeah, I don't like that. Just, I'm, I'm, you go to social media, my real name's on there. I, don't, I got nothing to hide. My real name's on there and my real picture's up there. That's who I am, you know. I mean, come on. I got nothing to hide. I don't know. I make something fake up, pretend to be somebody else. You know, come on. That's the problem. We've got too many lies and deception out there. You know, tell the truth. That's the problem. People, when you start telling the truth, people think you're nuts because you're telling it like it is. Because nobody tells the truth anymore. I'm full of crap. Everybody's scared of their own shadow. You call me a name. You're communicating threats. You know, it's nonsense. Whatever happened to sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Remember that one? Whatever happened to that? I remember in elementary school. That was a big, you know, big kids we used to say that. You know? You know, we'd be making fun of each other or whatever, ranking on each other. You know, you come back, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. You know, yeah. You know, nowadays, <laughs> stones, you're a terrorist. Names, you're going to prison. You know? I mean, that's, that's, what, that's just crazy. Ridiculous! I never thought I'd see the day that this that this country's gotten this bad. I didn't think I really didn't think it was really going to happen. It's really bad. It's bad out there. Leave people alone. You know, and you know, and stop hiding from each other when they walk by each other. Nobody's going to affect you with no damn virus. The people you need to watch out for is the ones that are vaccinated. Those are the ones that may snap. You never know. They may turn you know turn into what's that movie? Uh, Legend or I Am Legend or something. Whatever. Will Smith. With those zombies or whatever, the whole world's wiped out, supposedly. He thinks he's the only one left, you know. He's trying to get an antidote to, to, to cure these zombies. He captures a couple of these zombies. And they're coming out, you know, they only come out at night. You know, they're eating on each other and everything. You know, who knows? What, do you think Hollywood don't know what's going to happen in the future? <laughs> Where do you think all these ideas come from? you think Hollywood just invented them? There's somebody, some smart guy who thinks of all these grace? No. There's an, the, the evil, the, the devil, Satan, satanic. These people know Satan. They feed them this information. They create not every single Hollywood movie. I'm just saying there's some of these ideas that these people come out with, you know, in general. You know, think about it. There's a reason why certain things happen. There's a reason for this. There's a reason for that. So, you know, think. Just, just you know, like I said, just leave people alone. Mind your own business. Don't try to hurt nobody else. You know, you don't need to hurt nobody. You know, stay, you know, live your life. Knock it off. Real, you know, start paying attention to what's really going on. Why things are happening. You know, things happening behind the scenes. You don't need to hurt nobody else. You don't need to bother nobody else. You know, your next door neighbor. Who cares what your next door neighbor does? Is it affecting? Is it hurting you? Is it hurting you? You know, you know. I mean, not, maybe they got a reason for what they do. Leave them alone. 
You know, so what a guy's walking down the street. Who cares? Wave to him. You know, they gotta call the cops on him. Come on, man. That's what kind of society we live in. Everybody's so scared to death that they gotta call nine one one. I hate to be the dispatcher. That's a tough job right there for the police. Right there, being a dispatcher, listening to all that nonsense complaints that come in. I can only imagine the crybaby crap that they hear. You know, I can only imagine. And they have to respond, you know. I mean, come on. Knock it off. Knock it off. Well, be self-sufficient. Worry about yourself. Protect yourself. That's all. Even if you you most times you don't even have to protect yourself. You'll be just fine. Leave it alone. Mind your business. If you see something, don't say nothing. Mind your business. How about that? All right, everybody. Understand the times in which we live today. Water that tree of liberty. Good night, everybody. God bless the Republic. Plant the seed in our home, and boys, let it grow where all can see. Feed it with our devotion, boys. Call it the liberty tree. It's the tall old tree and the strong old tree. And we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. Play the drum, the storm, boys, water down its roots with tea. And the sun will always shine on the old liberty tree. It's the tall old tree and the strong old tree. And we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. March along with the piper, boys, we were born forever free. Let's go pay the piper, boys, beneath the liberty tree. It's the tall old tree and the strong old tree. And we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. Say the piper, asking boys, always say the time of sleep. Never give up the struggle, boys, fight for the liberty tree. It's the tall old tree and the strong old tree. And we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. Stand for the rights of man, boys, stand against the tyranny. Hang the land for freedom, boys, I am the liberty tree. It's the tall old tree and the strong old tree. And we are the sons, yes, we are the sons, the sons of liberty. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best One hundred men Will test today But only three When the Green Beret Trained to live Off nature's land Trained in combat Hand to hand Men who fight by night and day, courage take from the Green Beret. Silver wings 
upon their chest. These are men, America's best. One hundred men will test today, but only three when the Green Beret. Back to home, a young wife waits. Her Green Beret has met his fate. He has died for those oppressed, leaving her this last request. Put silver wings on my son's chest. Make him one of America's best. He'll be a man. They'll test one day. Have him win the Green Beret.